Hey everybody, welcome back to the Med Tech Talk Podcast. This is Tom Salemi. Many, many apologies for not getting you a podcast last week. Uh, many, many things going on here, including snowstorms and power outages and all other kinds of unforeseen but manageable disasters. But nonetheless, it kept me from uh, from getting a podcast to you, and, and I do apologize. But we're here, we're back, and I'm very, very happy to be joined by Jason Letman of Lightstone. Jason and I talked about three years ago. He was one of our earliest podcast guests. I think he was number 12. And at the time, Jason was uh, had just moved to Ireland to establish Lightstone's offices there. And uh, he's back. He's actually been back for about six months or so. So he and I connected to uh, find out about uh, about Ireland, what his experiences were, and what did he learn about the U.S. while there, and what, I guess, advantages or connections was he able to bring from Ireland to uh, investing in the U.S.? It sounded like a great experience um, and, uh, and one that he, uh, he gets into in this podcast. Before I let you go, I do want to tell you that our standard rate, our earlier rate for uh, the MedTech conference is uh, expiring at, the, at this point. If you, if you do register, you'll only pay uh, $1,195, and uh, that rate expires on March 31st, so next Saturday. And uh, ultimately, the price will go up to $1,495. So if you do register before the uh, next Friday or next Saturday, and if you use your MedTech Talk code, to give you a uh, hundred dollar savings, you'll uh, you'll get in for uh, just over a thousand bucks. So, I recommend you uh, register sooner rather than later, because it is a it's going to be a great day, including the aforementioned Jason Letman. He's going to be sitting on our investor panel, which uh, which we'll talk about in this podcast. But you can also see for yourself at medtechconference.com. Now let's get into this conversation with Jason Letman of Whitestone. Well, Jason Letman, welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, you're one of the few uh, repeat guests. Uh, Dennis War is one. Uh, we may have another coming up, so uh, consider yourself um, cursed. I'm not sure what, but uh, oh, it's an honor. Back. It's an honor. <laughs> Kind of Sounds like a, it's a high bar here. So when we left you uh, last, you had just moved over to uh, to Ireland, and this was in August of 2015 when I talked to you, and you were setting up Lightstone's uh, offices there. And uh, I don't know how long you'd been there. I think only for a couple of months. You're still pretty fresh. But uh, but why, why don't you bring our uh, faithful listeners up to date as to uh, where you are today? Yeah, yeah, great. So uh, yeah, moved over to Dublin uh, in in 2014 to set up the the Whitestone uh, Europe office uh, in Ireland, uh, and moved my my family at the time um, uh, over to to Dublin, um, and you know really had a, a fantastic experience. Spent three years on the ground there establishing uh, the firm's footprint and office, uh, as well as, uh, you know, most focused on on increasing the deal flow, both in, in Ireland, but uh, Europe broadly, and, you know, ended up doing three investments um, there, two into uh, biotech companies and one in uh, Fire One, which is a medical device company that we uh, incubated with, uh, with the help from the foundry. So uh, all three companies are 
now doing well. We've got the office set up. We hired Caroline Gaynor, who's a vice president with the firm, who's um, who's who's leading the the charge for the office, and it was a you know fantastic experience, both professionally and personally. When we talked last, you and I both um, I think shared the the enthusiasm we've seen for medtech. Um, in Ireland, in, in in broadly outside of the U.S., but we're talking in Ireland specifically since you were there. Yep, I've I've only experienced that in bits and pieces, going to conferences and stuff. You were there for three years. Is is that a true? Is there a true um, enthusiasm about the med tech space there? And how did that sort of uh, present itself or manifest itself over the the time you were there? Yeah, you know there there really is. You know, I think. Uh, you know, the reason why we chose Ireland as as a as our home base um, in Europe is really because of the enthusiasm they, they have for, for med tech. And, you know, it's a unique, um, unique e- ecosystem. They have such a talent base with so many multi- multinationals like Medtronic and Boston Scientific and others that have operations there that it provides a, a, a good talent pool for us to, to, to pull from. Um, and they, you know, are really aggressive about seed funding. I think with the help of Enterprise Ireland and um, and ISIF, which is the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund, you know, they are they are one of the most active early stage uh, funders of of med tech opportunities. And so, you know, that is I think in direct contrast with what we've seen um, on the U.S. side of things, and really. Uh, for us, when we're looking for early stage opportunities, provides a a perfect uh, you know a, a perfect set of of circumstances. Are, are you able to contrast the starting of a of a med tech company here or the creation of a med tech startup here versus doing the same in Ireland? Uh, where is it easier here? If it is, where is it more difficult here? If it is. Uh, what, how do those two experiences compare? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question. I think uh, in Ireland, what you have is is a really healthy early stage um, funding environment. Um, you know, the the amount of capital that you can uh, round up from Enterprise Ireland and from you know a pretty robust group of angels uh, in in Ireland is, is is pretty robust. And I think. That is, you know, in stark contrast to the U.S., you know, we have a hard time these days of uh, telling entrepreneurs and, and early device companies where to go for funding sources. And I think, you know, there's there's a few active uh, groups and investors, but it's it's really fairly light. Uh, whereas in Ireland, I think they they have a much um, there's just much more capital available for early early concepts. You know, I think where you know where they where there's a challenge is it's just you know Ireland's a country of four million people and they they certainly don't have the the depth of um, you know of folks with with startup experience um, you know I think that's changing I think with programs like BioInnovate which is uh, Ireland's equivalent to BioDesign they've they've really done a nice job of of training the next generation and helping. Uh, people make the transition from big companies and and uh, and, and clinical uh, backgrounds into medtech, and I think that's 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 changing. But it's still, you know, I think it's 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 a it's a I'd say skinnier market for uh, for for strong you know kind of top level uh, startup folks, and that is one of the one of the things that they you know it's just a, a challenge relative to Bay Area or Boston. And how important 
do you think it is for a firm like Lightstone to have an office uh, in, in Ireland and in, in Europe? Is it, I know it's something that was uh, was an offshoot or result of of the Fire One arrangement, um, but is it? Did it go beyond? It's obviously gone beyond that deal. You've done other investments, but how critical is it to have that that international presence? Yeah, I think it's I think it's critical. Um, I mean, the medtech side of things, there's just a there's a there's a limited amount of funding sources in 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 the U.S. and and I think the if you look at the level of activity in Europe, uh, it, it's 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 significant. You have groups like Gilda and Endeavor Vision and. Abingworth and you know Soroba and Fountain who are in Ireland and you know there's just much more uh, activity I think and so what it enables us to do is bring in uh, European groups into both U.S. and Europe companies European-based companies and you know I think that's a huge advantage and we've seen it I mean we we just saw it recently with Fire One we were really pleased to to pull together a nice series B and, and it was led by Gilda and, you know, included other uh, European uh, groups like Seventure and GMIV, which, I, you know, I think that that is a huge advantage when the number one risk in my mind these days for medtech companies is, is funding. And, and coming back to this, to the States, relocating back here, when did you come back? Uh, back in August. I know you weren't uh, exploring the Amazon. You, you've been making several trips back to, uh, to the U.S., but I'm wondering, coming back here, setting up office here, starting to work here again, when did it sort of feel different than what you had become accustomed to in Ireland? Was there a point where you said, oh, that's right, that's how things are done here? Yeah, well, I, you know, it took me a, a while to, uh, to adjust. I, I think it, it, you know, the, one of the things that's, that's very different is just the, um, you know, the, the, the activity around here. I mean, it, it is there is so much more funding sources and so many more companies that that is different. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of uh, opportunities in Ireland, but it's certainly uh, not on the scale that there is in, in Silicon Valley. And so I think, you know, that, uh, that was a change. And, you know, I think also just plugging back into, you know, the pace of networking and, you know, the bubble that is Silicon Valley was a, was a transition as well and in good ways and in not so good ways, but it's, uh, it's been good to be back. And I think for us, it's, you know, we're always going to be, uh, have strong ties, uh, back to Ireland and, and, you know, like I said, both from a professional perspective with the companies that we have there and, and in the new fund, we're continuing to look for more companies in, in Ireland and Europe. So I think, you know, there'll still continue to be, a lot of back and forth with me and the, and the whole team. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I feel like I, I, it's been a transition, no, no doubt, but you know, it's still, we'll have really strong ties there. And I think our efforts, uh, in Ireland are, are continuing. Do you feel that being in Ireland, uh, strengthen your network, uh, or, or, um, weaken it a bit because you weren't here, uh, meeting with folks uh, for those three years? Yeah. You know, I really, uh, I feel like it strengthened my network. I, I, you know, it's been funny checking back in here. I mean, there's there's certain folks that I just kept on touch with over the phone and email, and they frankly never knew I was gone. So, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. <laughs> That's true. It's amazing thing about the about today's connected world. I mean, you just you don't necessarily have to be there in person all the time. And so, I think that's um, I think that's really been helpful. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, from a from a European networking perspective, I, I feel like we're we now have really strong deal flow both on the 
biotech and uh, med tech sides of the fence here, which is, has helped. And I, and I think we now have much deeper connections with both Irish and European VCs, which is huge. Um, and I think our connections on the people front are huge. I mean, as we talked about probably the first go around, a lot of the, the drivers behind me going was just to understand the people. And that's the most important uh, piece of what we do and who can you trust and who do you want to back and who do you want on the board? And, you know, that was, that was a challenge when we, when we first started thinking about setting up a, a, another office. And, you know, I just, I feel like that was a, a, I feel like me moving there was the right move for both me personally and the firm, because it really, it really allowed us to, to build a network of people that we trust and want to work with. I'm going to take a quick break from this conversation to uh, talk a bit more about the MedTech Conference. Actually, I'm going to turn the mic over to Lisa Soonan, the Senior Managing Director of Healthcare at GE Ventures. Lisa is uh, an old friend, and she agreed to moderate this panel uh, that really looks at the impact of data, machine learning, and artificial intelligence on the MedTech industry. I asked Lisa that as an investor, how important is it for MedTech startups to have an answer to these questions, to be able to say, we have a strategy for big data or machine learning or AI. Let's hear what she has to say. It's really important to us to see some critical thinking about how data and its use will be integrated into medical devices. I mean, we are pretty much of the opinion that all devices that are getting future reimbursement are going to need to have a way to track what's happening either as a result of value-based payments or to ensure that the device continues to function effectively. Well, there you go. This is an important topic for MedTech startups. You should be there at the MedTech conference. Now let's get back into this conversation. And just circling back to your response about coming back to the U.S. Uh, so is it, did, did you, did you find it that there were actually perhaps more resources than you had recalled that it was, easier in some ways? Or again, did you find it more, more challenging when you came back? I just kind of want to clarify that point. Yeah, you know, it, in some ways it is easier. I mean, when you look at what we uh, did in, in Ireland, uh, you know, all three of the efforts, whether it's Fire One, Alexo, or Carrick, I mean, all three of those companies were, in essence, company creation um, efforts. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, there are again, you know, there there are great companies in Ireland. It's just not at the same depth that there is here. And I think that was the, you know, for me a, a change where you know it's it's like wow, you know, we have a, a really long list here of late stage companies we can invest in, and we also have a number of early stage opportunities. And you know, right now in particular, our our deal flow is off the charts. Um, and so I think that was a that was a change for, for me. Um, but, you know, like I said, I mean, I think there's, there's pros and cons to that because being in Ireland, I think it did for, force us to, to do more company creation. And, and frankly, if you look back at uh, our returns, I mean, that's, those efforts have been where a lot of our best wins have come from. Um, so uh, I'm really excited about what we were able to do there. Your, your investments in, in Ireland? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some of the exits or returns you've you've seen from those? Uh, no, oh, sorry, not. I'm just historically. I mean, if you look at companies like you know Zeltique, which you know Gene George helped incubate, or Ra, or you know Ardian and the foundry companies. I mean, a lot of those were 
company creation, which, you know, I think my point is, is it's very similar to what we did with Fire One, which is incubated by uh, the Foundry or, you know, Alexo, which was out of Stanford and, and very early uh, efforts and, and similar to Carrick, which, you know, we worked on with, with Arch and, and they helped uh, pull that together. Well, let's get into uh, into what you'll be doing going forward. You're going to be, thankfully, appearing at our uh, MedTech conference on, on May 31st yep. or on our, our panel. And we're Looking happy forward to have to you there. So you're going to be uh, one of the VCs sort of giving the insights to, to entrepreneurs about uh, where the capital is coming from. And I think you're really representing the traditional uh, venture capital perspective. We'll have some debt and, uh, and other investors up there as well. It'll be moderated by Leslie Trigg, our, our co-chair. So tell us a bit where Lightstone is with its fund, and uh, then let's talk a little bit more specifically about what kind of deals you're looking at. Yeah, sure. So we uh, closed on Fund 2 uh, in the summer, which is a $250 million fund. Um, you know, we were fortunate to end up oversubscribed, went out to raise 200 and ended up at our hard cap at 250 which we're really, really pleased with and, you know, I think excited about what we're seeing in terms of opportunities. The fund is is – is is largely uh, operating on the same strategy that we have before. Uh, so we'll be predominantly focused on early stage investments. About two thirds of what we're doing will be early stage, but the remainder of the fund, the other third, we're going to focus on opportunistic or late stage, later stage uh, opportunities where we're hoping to be able to get a you know three to five x over three to five years. And that's the that's been the focus, and I think um, you know we we continue to be very active on the med tech side. We we we're committed to early stage device investing, um, but we're also you know trying to find a few uh, late stage opportunities to to move the needle maybe a little more more quickly. Um, so that's that's where we are on on the, on the fund, um, and I think you know we we really are excited about what we're seeing. And as, as I mentioned before, I mean, I think our, our deal flow right now on, on both sides of the, the firm, uh, biotech and devices has, has been really strong. And what, are, what sectors or industries are you particularly intrigued by going forward? Any of the new technologies uh, attracting you? I mean, we're obviously seeing a lot of movement in robotics, and I wouldn't call that new necessarily, but uh, artificial intelligence and, and other, other influences that will be uh, talking about at the conference. Anything, anything new and exciting, kind of catching your eye as a possible um, destination for some Lightstone capital? Yeah, I mean, we're so yeah, we're we're definitely um, paying attention to robotics and AI, and I, you know, I think AI is is probably got a a bit of a bad rap so far, but I, I do think what we're <laughs> we're trying to figure out is the, the device opportunities where there's some convergence, either with you know. Uh, with tech and, you know, tech plus uh, a, a more traditional med tech company or, you know, med tech plus consumer, um, you know, or med tech plus plus drug. I mean, I think what we're trying to find are opportunities where we can where we can blend a couple different things together. And I think, you know, I, I do think we're finally seeing convergence, which people have been talking about since I started InVenture in 06, but it's finally happening. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's, it, it just makes sense. I mean, and, and where MedTech is today, I think we're in a tough spot in terms of the number of, of active acquirers. It's, it's probably the lowest that, that I've seen. And so when you, when you, whether it's drug device or drug plus consumer or drug plus tech, I think it, what's nice about it is it really opens up, uh, 
you know, a different uh, acquirer universe, which, you know, we really think is, is important to, to, to a successful medtech strategy these days. How important is having that, that plus as a company? Uh, does a medtech startup need to have a plus this or a plus that to really stand out? Um, or is that too glib a thought that, you know, you still just need to have a technology that's going to change how people are treated? Well, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's still the, the fundamentals, with which you need to have, you know, big unmet need, big, you know, big market, great team and all that. But I do think, you know, there are some fundamental changes in in, in devices, and, and I don't think that they're all cyclical. I think we're seeing some changes here that are going to gonna last. And so, um, you know, having access to other forms of capital, you know, other uh, strategic interest. I mean, I, I think that it helps to have a more diversified strategy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a it's a must-have, but I think it, it really helps. And certainly when we're looking at, at early-stage opportunities um, and, and, and playing long for for bigger exits, I just feel like it's it's really important to, to have that plus. Is there a question that you're presenting in your due diligence to uh, to companies asking for capital doing their presentations? Is there a question that you have or that Longitude asks that perhaps stumps people more than uh, more than not? Well, I think reimbursement continues to be the 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 toughest area. Um, I think it's the toughest area for companies, and frankly, it's the toughest area for us. I mean, I, I think you know reimbursement diligence is just difficult. It's just really difficult to figure out. Um, you know, figure out whether or not something's going to get paid for, how much is it going to get uh, reimbursed at, you know, what's the payment level? What's the, you know, what, how are you going to be able to price? What's the impact of, of bundling and more group purchasing? Um, all those things are, are really big questions for, for, for device companies these days. And they're frankly really hard to, to diligence. It's, it's like trying to put your finger on, you know, hundreds of different FDAs, you just have, a, when you think about trying to do diligence on a, on a company that needs to get paid by private payers, it's just a much more difficult proposition. Um, so that's been, that's been a tricky one, I think, for us over the last few years. Well, that's a tough one. And final question, what is the advice that, you're, uh, that you would give to, say, your, uh, say your brother-in-law was coming to, uh, to present at uh, Lightstone? Uh, what, is, uh, what is the thing they should... Uh, they should do in that presentation what 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 is a, a best way to impress a venture capitalist and and get them to back your company yeah that's that's a tough one i, I mean, it's probably easier to say things not to do but you know i think <laughs> okay what shouldn't you do let's go there then. <laughs> you know i i think it's well i i do think making sure that you are really um conveying the vision of how uh, you know big an opportunity it can be and you know i think for us we are really hungry for big breakthrough ideas in medtech and you know we see we see a lot of iteration we see a lot of followers but we don't see a lot of um you know pioneering big ideas um i mean we're still on the hunt for things like you know an ardian um or 12 or something like that where we think can really meaningfully change care and there's just uh, not that many. And so I think one of the mistakes I see is just not, you know, trying to be conservative around the vision uh, because maybe you realize that you're going to need a lot of capital, but you, in, in doing so, you 
kind of sacrifice on selling, you know, how, how big something can be. And, and I, at least for, for Lightstone, that's a really key thing we're looking for. Great. And I, I know that was uh, supposed to be my last question, but I have to ask this one because just checking your, your Twitter page, you haven't tweeted since like September 2015. <laughs> what is going on with you MedTech guys? I, Why I don't know. you tweet? I need to. I, well, Justin at NEA and, and you know, all, all the, uh, the Man, younger yeah, folks you are, are on me. I'm, I'm like a Twitter stalker. I, I know I follow you and others. I just use it to catch up on news. and You know, you just, just lurk? So you're on there. You just don't post. I just don't post. I'm on it all the time. And, you know, I, I, I probably do need to start posting. So, yeah, I'm doing a podcast here. So apparently I'm, I'm getting more into tech. I probably need to post a few things on Twitter. It's a good reminder. The, the last thing you posted was my podcast that we did. <laughs> yeah, so now <laughs> so I have a just... perfect opportunity to tweet again. <laughs> perfect. Good. And you still have that, you're still rocking that, that beard or is that long gone? I am. No, that's a, that's an Ireland uh, hangover here. I'm, 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 I'm having more gray hairs in my beard though these days. So I, my wife is starting to ask if it needs to come off, but uh, I'm, I'm still rocking it. Yep. All right, cool. Well, well, we'll see you in Minneapolis on May 31st. Thanks for the time. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Tom. Well, that is a wrap. Jason Letman, nice to have you back in the U.S., and thanks for joining us again on the MedTech Talk podcast. Look forward to uh, seeing you do many deals on both sides of the Atlantic and uh, talking about them on Twitter. So hopefully you'll, uh, you'll get on there and join the party. MedTech Talk Podcast listeners, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the MedTech Talk Podcast. Don't forget to give us a ranking and tell your friends about the MedTech Talk Podcast. You can also reach me on Twitter, again, at MedTechTom. You can reach me at MedTechTom on Twitter. And uh, be happy to, uh, to exchange ideas there. But you can also shoot me a direct email. Uh, my email is tom at healthogy.com. It's the word health, followed by letters E-G-Y.com. Healthogy is the producer of this podcast and the MedTech Conference. So I do hope you'll join us on May 31st in Minneapolis for the MedTech Conference. We'll be uh, announcing some uh, great speakers. We already have a fantastic group of speakers. If you go to medtechconference.com, click the speaker tab, and you'll see for yourself, and I recently tweeted that out also, you'll see who's, who will be on stage, uh, but many more great folks will be in the audience, and many more great folks will be on stage uh, than we have mentioned already. So it's uh, shaping up to be a great day. Thank you to our co-chairs, Stacey Enzing Seng and Leslie Trigg. It's going to be great. So again, the uh, special rate is expiring on March 31st. If you want to save yourself a bunch of dough, please register before then and make sure you use the MedTech Talk code. Just type in MedTech Talk when you're prompted to and you'll save even more money. That's it, folks. Tune in next week. I will have you. I will have for you another great tale of innovation on the MedTech Talk podcast.